name is Blair Sinta. Welcome to the podcast, Recording Drums with me. Uh, all right, this is the start of season two. I've been busy uh, teaching my new course, Drum Recording Expert. It's a six-week long class. Uh, the first one just finished up, um, and it, it felt pretty successful to me. So I'm going to be offering this class again soon, probably within a month. If you're interested in signing up, uh, please visit my website, Drum Recording Expert. You'll see it. It's a six-week course offered on Zoom. There's tons of details uh, about what you're going to learn and testimonials. All right, podcast today. My friend Randy Cook, hailing from Canada, living in L.A. for a long time. One of the busiest drummers I know in here, in this town, that is. Um, man, he's such a funny guy. We talk about eating tacos all the time, but the amount of time we actually get tacos is maybe once or twice a year. Um, man, he makes me laugh so much. Uh, anybody who knows him will know that, and he's just a monster drummer live uh, recording guy. He's got some, he's had some pretty unique situations here in LA of, um, you know, living with, uh, songwriters and just, you know, having, having, you know, the option to, to record with them, you know, day in and day out on demos and tracks. Um, just a really successful, super smart, funny dude. Um, we actually double drummed together one time, uh, playing Beatles songs at the Hollywood Bowl for three nights. That was an amazing experience. So, all right, here we go. Season two of Recording Drums. What am I talking about here? Uh, that's it. Here comes Randy. Prepare a laugh. Silliness and uh, good information coming your way. You do. You look so handsome. Oh, thanks, buddy. Hey, you let your hair grow back a little bit. I like it. A little. You like buzzed it, buzzed it off though a little while ago. Yeah, I went bald because I was like, "Fuck this! I got to take care of my own hair." And <laughs> I love it. It's now it's just falling out, man. From fucking oh. <laughs> catch up, catch up, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I'm actually wondering if this interview will be coherent at all between the two of us. But you know, we're gonna try. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna just start. I'm gonna start like like scotch taping hair to my baseball hat so that when I put them on, you just like the, you know, you know, what's you know, what's amazing, dude. I've never seen your space. My, this, like what I'm looking at right now, like, and you've, oh, this is, this isn't my never, space anyway. Right. But still like, like I, I, I've seen, you know, a billion of your videos. So I know what your space looks like. Like a jillion. No, let me up that level to a jillion. My thumbs <laughs> is still fucking sore from pressing like on all of your wonderfully recorded, uh, uh, insanely amazingly effective drum videos. Like where you like, like here's this classic sound from fucking this iconic record in 1980s. Like sounds exactly like it, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I know what your space looks like. And this is just, uh, you know, office storage. Okay. Um, and all, all my gear is, is, is in Woodland Hills, right at, at uh, Treehouse. Oh, I didn't realize that was in Woodland Hills. Mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, uh, right. And that yeah. space, this, that, wait, when you put up videos like, Oh, check out this film. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, that's Treehouse. That's Treehouse. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I think the, the interview has started, right? So, yeah, it's so uh, we're in it. 
We're like, oh, shit, L.A. in the house. Oh, I by the to, way. I'm getting my Randy Cook on. Hang on. By the way, by the way, <laughs> favorite favorite headphones ever, but check out the aftermarket other patty things you can buy for those cans. They're actually thicker. And uh, I just thought I'd tell you that because I've gone through like, they, three sets of... Are they good for sweaty yeah. ears? They're amazing. Yeah, I should just give you the Amazon link because you can swap out the gray pads. Like, yeah, those are my favorite because they have the biggest ear hole things. So it don't it doesn't press on your cartilage. I'm gonna let that one go. Cartilage. Eh? <laughs> I'm gonna let it go. All, all. <laughs> if, if, if our text messages, I love it when your drumming is in my ear holes. <laughs> if our text messages get released, we're done. <laughs> my god we should just release the thread <laughs> no, we should. as part of our our podcast is you just run like a ticker tape down the side and people just like yeah all right cancel 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 exactly yeah all right all right so i know about treehouse but tell everyone about your amazing situation you've had for your whole life and why and why I envy you so much. <laughs> you, you mean you, you're, you're referring, of course, to the studio situation, right? The setup that I, well, you know, I, I, I went from one very, very similarly to the one I'm in now. I went from one to another. And uh, why I'm even more envious, but yes, yes. I, 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 I tend to seek that out because I, I think that, uh, yes, I know. I know what an immense financial uh, commitment it is to go from ground up, you know, build out a room, get all the gear, fuck the computer, the software, the gear, the room, the blah, blah, blah. it's just, it's never ending. It's a rabbit hole clearly that never ends. And, and, uh, I was just lucky both times. I was lucky to be honest with you. Um, uh, the, the situation I'm in now is where I just, you know, found some friends that already had a studio, had a bunch of great gear and, I was like, man, please, you know, God, can I come and install a kit? You can use my gear for your outside projects and we'll just barter. I'll still, I'll still get you paid for, for the, you know, I'll have the clients pay for your time. And, but in, in exchange, you know, I, I want to be able to come, come and go uh, as I please and do, and do the work that I get to do. And, and so it's worked out great. I, I bring what I bring to the table. Not, it's not just drum gear. I have some mics. I have some pre's that I brought in. And, uh, <laughs> come on in. Let's talk about brands. And he's out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, so that's a situation, you know, I'm super lucky. Like I'll, I'll walk in, to the studio and they'll be like, Hey, look, we got four new, uh, you know, 500 series knee freeze. I'm like, Oh, great. Let's put them on blue. You know, um, <laughs> I, I slowly, uh, I slowly have been collecting my own stuff for, for the very situation, which is, which is, uh, you know, the trajectory is to catch up with everybody else and has their right. own, their own, own place. Right. So I've just been stockpiling, you know, mics and, and, and so I haven't really gone down the pre uh, rabbit hole too much because as we can discuss, there's a massive dividing line between hardware and software. And yeah. it doesn't matter who you talk to, what videos you look at, 
it seems currently to be a combination of both. Like where I, I see, I see UA units right. and everybody and everybody raving about that, which I use as well, you know, like uh, at Treehouse at the studio, it's all, it's all, they have a, um, uh, a console, uh, a board and, uh, and they have, we have tons of outboard gear. Right. I bring, I bring tracks home here into the office. And sometimes if I'm going to do a video, I take the raw tracks and then I, I just put up a drum ox and, and throw the entire kit, which is already sort of mixed as far as panning and levels and, right. and that shit goes. But for just video sake, uh, I, I know enough, I got, I know enough, uh, about, you know, compression and EQ and, and verb just right. to try it when I'm going to stripe my drum audio to a video, at least it sounds better than, than the raw files, because basically what I'm delivering is raw files, right? As we all do most, most producers and clients want to be able to do their own thing. And, and so you, you know, I've seen some of your videos that are, are, unbelievable because you you it's all in one like if someone calls you and says hey this is the sound i want you get to go that one step further whereas for me to walk in it's it's with dusty and justin who who are the corners of, of trios you know once in a while i'll tell them hey would you mind you know like we, we need to chase this we need to chase okay. this thing okay whereas what i'm chasing is or the sort of ground level sounds. So if, if, if it's a singer songwriter thing, it's very intimate and fat and dry. I'm going to make, the, I'm going to treat the kit that way and right. use the right snare and the right symbols and all that shit. To, so at least when I'm delivering the raw files, where they're starting from is pretty close to what they want. Right. But, um, I am uh, a massive fan of guys like yourself who go check this out. This is the gear I used and this is the sound I got. And it's done like you're, you, you know, you could literally just deliver those, those files that way. And, uh, they could start their mix from there. You know, you, you're, you're mixing as well is what I'm saying. And, and so, you know, right. so that, how much, how much gear, like you said, you brought a kid over, but it's not literally, you brought a kid. Like most of your stuff is there. Uh, three quarters of my snares are there. Right. Uh, almost all my symbols, uh, one shell pack is there where I can swap out kick drum sizes and Tom shells from 10 to 18. Cool. Right. Okay. Right. So depending on the vibe and the, and you know, the, you right. know, the standard shit that, that we, we, that we cater to, you know, right. Right. Uh, <laughs> that then we just swap around, but I mean, behind me, you know, I've got a bunch of, you know, I've got a, some Vincent Sidwick stuff. I've got like a bunch, I'm a Yamaha endorsement, so I have a bunch of Yamaha stuff. Um, and on this side, there's a bunch of snares over there. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's a collecting rabbit hole every, every, you know, three, four months, six months, I find a snare somewhere that I love. And I'm like, I, I do I need another snare drum? Super not. No, never. No, none of us. Like, I, <laughs> you know, the other day I yeah, posted a thing on it. Chris building like a bell brass thing now, which I'm like, ah! <laughs> see, see, yeah. this is the thing. It's FOMO, right? Like we just go, oh my God. Yeah. You know, I think I have um, the staples, you know, I got a Black Beauty. I got a Superphonic. I got like, I got the things that, that if asked, I can say, yeah, you know, if, if these are the iconic snares that people 
are used to hearing the sound of black beaters are darker, you know, superphonics are brighter and snappier. And I have wood chilled wood rims, you know, I have vintage, I have prime sparkling new as do we all, you know, this is part of the, part of the thing as we grow as, as musicians and drummers, we want just like symbols, you want to be able to have as much tone out a much tonal choice as you can, you know? So, yeah. So I brought, you know, most of my, my poop is, is at Treehouse, And, um, yeah. Did you, that's that. When you, when did you move here? Was it like 2005 or something? What'd you move Four, but man, you were close. What? I remember when we, I remember, I remember when we met, do you remember when we met? I, I it's vague to me because I, I have a just, just a generally crap memory for everything in life, which is a, very bad. It's not very good. It's not a great quality to have. Um, it's Bo, right? Your name is Bo. Pe- Bo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but can you remind me where we met and, and see, if, see if I I think it was at the Mint. And pedestrian with my band, old band pedestrian was playing. Oh, very well. Maybe I was uh, I frequented the Mint. Very, very often. I think yeah, I, 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 I think I, I think I knew. It's interesting. I already knew who you were somehow, right? From just around. I owed you money. Why? Why yeah, did you know exactly. who I was? Yeah, I just knew. I don't know. You know, some guy, Canadian <laughs> yeah. guy. I don't know. Yeah, Canadian <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> oh, I heard of that guy. You came up to me after. You're like, man, I have you know compliments, and I was like, as I, as I would, and, and, and yes. it, but I was like, I was like. <laughs> who is this guy who is this guy you know what I mean? was i all touchy feely was i you grabbing were, you grabbing you your were. ass and <laughs> softly stroking you you were really friendly Which, and, I, and i was intrigued yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to plant the man love seeds right then and there yeah. Um, well anyway. yeah man but, uh, how and was that in 2005 or 2004 was, that, no, was that i just like probably well 2006 or 2007 all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. But when you came here, when you moved to LA, mm-hmm. did you have who was the old songwriter that you used to uh live with? That's a great question. <laughs> is that off limits? The the songwriter you mean that I did a bunch of work with, like in Toronto and in LA. Is the guy yeah. 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 Are you talking possibly about Matthew Gerard, who awesome. was who wrote, you know, Kelly Clarkson's breakup number one hit and, and a slew of other things. Like the guy is like, yeah, no, I mean, i I wasn't on that tune. That's an interesting story, by the way. Um, But, uh, uh, you can tell us. Yeah. You want to get into that story? I, I played on the demo for breakaway in Toronto and all the files got sent to LA and I, uh, you know, super uh, famous producer, guitar player, engineer did the did the record, and to this day, uh, there are are that some rumors flying around. It, ha- it happens to a lot of us. Don't worry. I, yeah, there are some rumors flying around that those are my my files and my tracks. But whatever, doesn't matter. You know, the funny thing about that is, is oddly enough, having nothing to do with that session in Toronto. And Matthew and that song, I ended up on two tracks on the same record from a completely other different producer source. So it worked out. <laughs> I still slimed my way into that, that situation. But, but you, you, that was where you, that was your previous stu- studio situation. Yes. Yeah. In okay. Toronto, you mean? 
No. Oh no, 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 no. Here, no. This is this is like when when I did the demo for for Breakaway. I still lived in Toronto and I didn't have a work visa. That's how long ago that that happened. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure that that song had been placed with Kelly yet. Oh, crazy! It was it was a uh, as as you know many times you get, you know, you're playing on a, a writer's demo, a producer's demo. It, it hasn't been shop yet. It hasn't found a home yet. So that was that situation. Right. Then I got my visa. Then I moved. Um, okay. and, so, and so, yeah, I mean, when I moved here, I didn't have anything waiting. I had no tours, no live gigs, not, not one session, nothing. I just had uh, that, that thing where you call up everybody, you know, in LA and you go, I'm here. I have a car drums and a phone <laughs> really that's you know that was it you know and so and and there you just roll the dice you know right so that then how did that other the previous studio situation happen for you you mean the situation prior to to woodland yeah. hills now yeah yeah okay so that's easy the one that you knew which yeah. was in the backyard in the valley yeah that that was um i had uh, been introduced to a writer producer couple. Uh, they went by the name of Wizards of Oz, and they were from Australia. And uh, and so we we became very friendly, very close. And I started doing all of their their demo sessions and and you know whatever projects they were writing on and recording. And they had when I met them, they had a post room where they had taken their garage and made it a mix room, but they didn't have any, any facility to record a drum kit, which is to always the dividing line between everyone. That's the line right there. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you either go to a studio or you have that facility and there's nothing in between. So, right. so eventually a couple of years into that relationship, they decided to build out in their backyard, a live room and attached to that live room, they had a studio apartment built as well. And I lived in that studio apartment so I could walk out the door and come into the next door. And there I was, there's my gear. And, and so it was, a, uh, again, it was a very similar situation in that it was their studio, you know, almost all of the gear was theirs. Uh, I mean, I, I had uh, maybe seven channels of pre's at the time and a couple of mics and then I, you know, CK for, you know, like a AKG 451 or the right. CK capsule, all that shit. Like I had a, but I had little bits and pieces. Um, and so that was my home for recording for, for, for popping out tracks, uh, whether that, someone needed to like, come by or that like super integral to like you, I mean, you've always been doing stuff already right in Toronto and here, but was that like integral to you understanding studio work more? Or do you feel like it was just, you know, I, I, there, you know, I, I had a, a really robust recording, uh, uh, life in Toronto, right. but in Toronto, it was all outside sessions, right? Yeah. So it was always, you know, am I going to drag my gear here or can I get cartridges or budget for that? All that stuff. Like, but it was always outside sessions. Whereas here, um, it was a combination and, and slowly, I think you can attest to the same thing. The arc between outside sessions and home sessions has literally crossed each other. And now the bulk of everything that we do now is out of our, our own spaces. And once in a while you're like, Ooh, I'm in, you know, I'm in, you know, Sunset Town, or I'm in, you know, down, down on, yeah. So 
so that's that's you know I, i'll tell you you're right in that the minute i was set up in my own space and i had to a that was the 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 learning curve i had to learn pro tools real quick i had to learn how to punch in i had to learn how to crossfade my edit so that you didn't know that i took 27 punches to do that take like you know you all those things came very quickly. So, so yeah, I was running the rig from the kit and running into the, after the, the session, I was running into the control room and finishing up the edits and blasting them off. So, you know, that was a, a learning curve that, that I'm happy to have, uh, you know, and of course now final cut pro <laughs> we've, we've, oh, we've no. added, we've added yet another level of so you're a drummer right okay what video editing software do you use <laughs> you know it's 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 insanity yeah. now what camera uh, do you own it's like what? yeah clearly first world problems but still these this is the the climate you know this is the landscape we're in now and it is what it is you know it's it's uh catch up or so when, back you, in the dust you when you were demoing with them a lot um, the Wizards of Oz, were, was that like deep, like sonic stuff? Because it was like, it was like they were, they were trying to write hits, right? Like that was the thing, right? So was that like yeah. a lot of time spent like diving deep with that stuff? Or was it more like, hey, we want this thing and you just would come in and try to replicate their MIDI drums or, you know, how did, how did, yeah, we it was more, it was more the latter. It, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't, yeah, it was very, very quick, super like, in and out like you know they'd have they'd have deadlines and writing deadlines and submission deadlines and you know whether it was you know uh stuff for catalogs and and, and syncing and all that crap um so it was quick in in terms of in terms of like uh you know deep diving into tonalities and spending time like you know it's funny the only time i remember doing that there was for a five for fighting thing where where it was a situation where John wanted to re-record some of his singles. Okay. And he wanted to oh. lift them, both performance and tonally. So this was spending time and and A being in and, and you know, that was probably way, you know, 75% of the time was making sure that it sounded right. Yeah. The right miking, the right tones. And then 25%, you know you know, you know, it's just lifting the, lifting the parts, but that, I guess that, that sort of a little bit of what you're asking, but most of the time it was just, can you come in? Here's the, I, I would come in, they would leave. I'd sit at the control room at the computer and do a quick chart. And then I'd go, okay, I'm ready. I'd run in and they'd come in and they'd, they'd run the session. When someone called me for something, I ran, I did it all. I would repatch we had a system in the control room where um, if they had to do a vocal session and they would use certain pre's, I knew how to patch back for drums. So it's basically a vocal setting and then a drum setting, you know, they, everything else was, you know, they did, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What'd you, it was what, cool. what, what did you do out of there that like, like, we, like everyone knows? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think that, that, the singles that have made it to radio have have actually been out of out of outside studios. You know, I find that that anything like that, the dominoes go this way. 
okay, this is, this is geared to, you know, an artist and a label and they've got what happening. So therefore there's a better budget. And because there's a bigger budget, we want to go where there's a, you know, 48 channels of, of, uh, uh, you know, a vintage API desk or, or a neat console, you know, like, you know, room two, it's, uh, you know, so out of that studio, it was like workhorse work. It was like, a million demos and a lot of like um, sync shit, catalog shit, uh, you know, and some jingles. I did a lot of jingles out of there. Some, some jingles for, for uh, you know, uh, for uh, like uh, there's a company in Japan that I do some for. And still in Canada, of course, I still get uh, a bunch of work from from uh, my uh, fellow Canuckians. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I would I would say that I, a lot of the things. Oh, I'm sorry. Second, the second Kelly Clarkson single that I did, actually it wasn't a radio single, but it was on her, I think, third CD I did out of that studio. Okay. Um, yeah. So one of the Kelly Clarkson things I did a studio, um, I did a bunch of tracks for a band called Steelheart. Um, uh, like a, you know, a huge eighties uh, metal act. Uh, they still are, are, crushing it in europe like i see pictures of, of these guys playing like massive festivals but i did a bunch of i've done a bunch of tracks out of there and still and, and in treehouse now treehouse i did you know i did a um of the current situation you know i've done like stuff for cnn i did uh uh cool like fun stuff like you know america's funniest videos for a dog montage i did you know like all that stuff uh is is cranking out out of, out of treehouse. You know, you. I think nowadays, as long as your 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 raw files are recorded well, great pre's, great mics, great great source source tones. I mean, really, that's the name of the game. That's it. That your your job is done. There's yeah. there's, there's very else, rare. Everything else is icing, really. Yeah, I mean, I find, you know. I don't know if you've ever been asked to do this, but it's only, I've only been asked, I think, in two decades, one time when someone called and said, hey, um, when you do this drum track, can you, can you, do you do Beat Detective? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, A. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Yeah. But it was for, it was for a Disney thing, and there was already a loop in the track and it was a hard edited loop. So they wanted the drums to be here, which listen, <laughs> no, 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 no shame in that. It, that's a definite, you know, that's one way of doing things, but I'm not going to do that. Like uh, it's just ethically, like it's funny. The, the, they would give me a, they gave me a track that, that was programmed drums that was hard edited. It was just a, a, a quantized loop that was like, you know, Hired a real guy to then take the real guy tracks and slam them hardcore 100% to get. So really, I the 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 work was great to have, but I really other than having, I guess they got different drum tools <laughs> instead of programming them. Um, so I don't do that, and I you know and and in the same way, only a handful of times someone said, "Look, you know I." I don't mix very well. I want, I want the, 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 that, that 80 sound from, uh, you know, not chic. What was the band? <laughs> Some like get hot. 
you know that power super power station. power station super gated super like fat in your face you know and sure we spent we spent you know a half hour sort of chasing those tones and i sent files but mix like that yeah you know but most of the time guys just you know producers you track, and writers you track that sound down in a half an hour i'm impressed <laughs> well as close as we can get because we're you know Again, the rabbit hole is ridiculous. You know, do you get the action? Do you chase the actual gear? Because you can. I, I literally just finished giving a lesson to somebody, and I was like, "This is how you do that." <laughs> but it's true, though. If yeah. there, if you want to know, you need to know the signal chain, the signal path. Like yeah. it, everything mattered from the gear to the mic to the pre to the to the outboard gear they used after. You know, all that shit is. Yeah. It's crazy, you know. It's planetary alignment, and you either have that shit or you don't. And if you don't, again, you know, this brings our conversation, you know, full circle to to um, virtual virtual software, virtual plugs versus, right. you know, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I still I still feel the pressure of. So uh, what uh, what outboard what pre's you guys using? What it's like. Okay. You know, do you, you know, are you using, you know, Avidas MA5s that, that are, are 1073? I, I, I just think that's a f comical question at some point, at, like now. But is, I, I really absolutely. Do. Like when, absolutely. when, like, when somebody hears a drum sound and they go, what are your mic pre's? I go, <laughs> what did it matter how I got here? Can you, you can, can you hear what the mic pre is? Like, there, no. yes, there are crappy mic pre's and there are good mic pre's. There is, of course. There, but the, but the name on it, I feel like is uh, uh, there are very few people that know the difference sonically. Yeah, I was I was years ago uh, by those um, those folks where I was set up originally. They they had recommended the, the Vitas MV5s. This is like going back 10, 15 years. That's when they and were hot. The I just wanted you know something that was you know, modeled after like a 1073 or something Nevi and warm. And they did it. They're an amazing, yeah. like, and now, you you know, you've got the BAE line, you've got the, like all these companies are making 500 series pre's and like whatever, you know, just a pre or a pre and EQ and, and they're great. And then you go, Oh yeah. Check out the, check out this UA blog. <laughs> like, oh <laughs> Wait, I just, you know, I just spent, I just spent, oh my God, what is happening? Oh my God. Who is that guy? Am I back? I'm back. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. Woo! Well, that's the funny um, thing is like people used to, I used to be diehard about when people asked me about outboard gear, I was like, you have to invest in great mic pre's. And then probably yes. what, three or four years ago. <laughs> you're like, you have to buy an eight channel UA unit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started to go like, I, I don't know if it matters now because you can go from api to neve or whatever in absolutely in the drag and drop and all good so but it finally yeah. got to that point where it's like i don't like i i give i my argument that i used to steadfastly stand by i i i, I realize that and the same and doesn't isn't it the same rabbit hole for microphones i've even seen you yeah. uh going check out this lot and check out this you know yeah, you know and stuff, yeah and yeah. there, the work, yeah. And there are there are companies now that are are emulating, uh, 
you know, five, $10,000 microphones, it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. If it can get, listen, if that microphone can get 80% away for 10% of the cost, dude, by yeah. the time this is the same conversation I've had about lot. I mean, your, your podcast is, is, is about recording drums, but really the same thing applies to live when guys, guys have that conversation about, um, you know, bearing edge wood type, uh, uh, year of, okay. Now hold on. You take that kit right. that you so, so desperately chased on that. And then you put a 57 on it and the front of house guy slams it with compression and verb. And I got bad. I have sad news. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know that end result that by the time it gets to the ear holes of everybody in the crowd i'm i'm not so sure that it was so important to yeah. yes good good gears is crucial absolutely but when it comes to those fine lines of like do you prefer what year of ludwig's do you prefer? come on you know i think that yeah i, I mean, don't know in, in the early 2000s when like i started buying gear and presumably you started buying gear it was like there was a there but there was a dividing line there was like well first of all the vintage stuff was expensive but it wasn't astronomical so it right. it was yeah. and then but there was also no mid level like it was either kind of crappy or it was vintage right. expensive now yeah. we have this amazing thing like the Lawton mics i think where those guys are making really amazing mics and they're For sure they're, they're not cheap but it ain't but they're not eight grand for a, yeah. for a vocal mic or they're not, you know, or yeah. a pair of overheads. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That didn't used to exist. No, I know. I 15 know. years ago. Yeah. And the same with pre's, right? Same. That, and that conversation is, is been hammered so often, but I mean, it's true though. It's, it's uh we, we partially lament this situation, but we, we applaud it. It's an amazing yeah. that I can come home, take the entire kit throw it into an ox and put a 1073 UA plug. And it's astronomically amazing how, how well the software can emulate that, that outboard gear. It's, it's amazing, you know, hats off. And why not, why not have it? it it's allowed not just you and myself, but uh, you know, boatloads of other players to, to go and record for people. They don't need that. That investment doesn't have to be a hundred grand now, you know, well, that's the tricky thing too. It's like now almost anybody can afford it, or and and almost has to like get into it in a certain spot. But also lear learning how to use it properly, which is I know. not really finding interesting. And it's like I've, I'm finding this strange niche of of teaching people how to use it. It's like, but that's amazing, and that's why you're, and that's why uh, uh, your uh, programs and your your podcasts and stuff are so so crucial because you know now that all this whole demographic of drummers and and even musicians alike because i've seen other other players piping you know piping in on 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 your your sessions to go oh i see i i get how how this this pre affects this compressor affects this you know that 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 thing is is that demographic is growing rapidly right. because because of of, of right yeah. i mean it, you know the industry has now allowed and and made affordable uh, you know, virtual software, virtual preamps, which even mics, I mean, you know, slate, I don't know if you've tried the, the, the slate mic yet. I have it, but I've, I'm, I'm, I've heard it's great. 
I'm desperate to try like and go, oh, well, I mean, at four of these mics, I'm going to call that one of this and I'm going to call that one of that. And because I think they've got two, they've got a tube mic and they've got a condenser, right? right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Can you imagine like, you know, again, if they got 75%, 80% close to, yeah. to emulating, you know, a Neumann blah, then why not? <laughs> why not? I don't know that mic though. The Norman. oh, there are a few. There is different. There's the blah A. There's the blah B. <laughs> there's the fucking the blah B. You, the highly touted yeah. blah B. Yeah. Or you go put Fet forty sevens on all your toms, and then tell me if you can afford gas in your car. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> sure, go ahead, be my guest. It's cool. Like, you know, there's the line for us. It's like as drummers, we don't just get to have a stereo apollo in our office and crank out a track we've got to get like you know 10 8 12 14 preamps and microphones you can get away with great great standard workforce mics like 57s on snares but yeah. man when it comes to overheads and rooms and, and kick drums and, you can't cheap out you have to you still even with the emulation you still have to spend some money and it's not easy for us but at least at least though through software you can crank out really great sounds and guys like yourself who are showing you know people how to you know this is how you can do it it's not that crazy hard but yeah it, it's a learning process a learning curve you know yeah it's good and you, know? and you can do it well the other thing i find fascinating is people feel like you need 14 microphones to start with which i'm like that's that's like that's like no that's like trying to go play basketball with lebron james like even yeah. though you started dribbling two days ago, you know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Like <laughs> and I know that. And I know that. And listen, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have full disclosure. Um, I think I'm up around that number when I send files, but I know that half of them are used sometimes. Right. Most of Right. You know, no, 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 it's wait, only, but, but to clarify, I'm not bagging on using that many. I'm no, I, I, it's not. I know. I know. To start. It with, is absolutely, right? it's like, absolutely not. Oh my God. Eight channels. Yeah. Golden, yeah. like super golden. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Are you, uh, are you, uh, are you, so I'm curious, are you actually doing like as much commercial music as you are like albums and stuff like with your situation or, um, it's, it is, no, it's mostly, mostly artist, singer, songwriter, bandy stuff, and maybe 75 and 25, okay. uh, 25, like, Hey, uh, this is a jingle or this is, this is strictly for catalog or it's a cue, you know, I need a 92nd spot. Yeah. So it's a, about 25 that and 75 singer, songwriter, you know, band stuff. Yeah, for sure. How about yourself? Tell me everything. Probably similar. Yeah. You know, I have, I definitely have like one consistent composer, you know, TV commercial thing, which I Amazing. love. Amazing. It's always like, hey, man, are you, are you home? <laughs> are you home now? Yeah. Can yeah. You done by five o'clock? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course I can. Yeah. But I'm not home, but I will be home in 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that can be the most fun. It's funny that, I mean, I haven't done much, but the, 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 the little amount of uh, sort of um, soundtracky uh, stuff that I've done is always the most fun because sometimes it's not, sometimes it's drum kit, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like sound design, but coming from that. what we do. And you're like, yeah. you're like scraping shit and like yeah. throwing stuff against the wall. It's super fun to see how that, that ends up on, uh, like there was a sequel 
Um, you know, what's the famous horror movie? Like, uh, here's Johnny. What's that movie? Uh, shining shining. So I, I did a bunch of the, a bunch of the sound drum, drum sound effects for the sequel that was, that came out a couple of years ago. You say you're not that old dude. <laughs> you couldn't. Have yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not a, Oh no, I'm a hundred. Um, but, uh, but, uh, uh, there was a scene was the shining so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. And, uh, but you know, I just remembered, you know, doing, you know, timpani esque things and like metal, this and chains on that. And, you know, it was amazing. It was super cool. You know, using brass candlestick holders as triangle sounds and fucking, you know, whatever. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Did you do that at home or was that at like, you know? No, I did it at the studio. I drag a box of crap to the studio just so I can have uh, cleaner mics at home. I'll do stuff like percussion. If right. someone needs it. When I say home, I mean tree, tree house. Oh, tree house. Okay. So yeah, all the main stuff is done at tree house. But if I have to do shaker or tambourine or cajon or something, I do it right here or right behind me. And sometimes. Oh, we see, to, we, that's amazing. I literally couldn't see that. What a, an incredible uh, writing tool. And it, like, uh. it's amazing. This has been, uh, there have been sessions where sometimes are like, you know what? It doesn't even have to be you on a kit at the studio. Can you just crank out? And with the software nowadays, it's scary. I'm not, I'm going to tell you, we all know as drummers, how, how, crappy it's been with hats and symbols and you know when you talk about electronic kids stuff but they're getting really close and really good what's, at, your, what's your favorite sample pack <laughs> uh i i split between um uh the uh not the slate but my favorite one oh fuck, name the top three and i'll tell you the two the one that tracks the best with the with the yamaha gear is uh come on there's only like i don't know dude three or Three or four. Ugh, so bad at this. Should I Google it while we're on a podcast? Fine. I yeah, I have no idea. Oh, I'm I, gonna do it right now. I don't care. I'm gonna do it right now. I do know that. Uh, I just I just uh, got this sample pack. It was given to me from Revival Drum Shop, and it's like yes. literally fifty, maybe a hundred vintage snares. It, <laughs> it's insane. It sounds so good. So okay. So I'll tell you. I just I just saw one of them that I have. I have four, I have four sets. Um, there's one, one sample pack though, from uh, blackbird in, in uh, Nashville. Can't do this anymore. I can't sample I, pack. In, yeah. Not even that funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, for, for bonding there. <laughs> um, there's uh what well, for me, uh, it obviously depends on the, on the, the triggers you're using, you know, I have the Yamaha DTX stuff. Um, that Yamaha DTX stuff triggers addictive the best, and and it's uh, it's pretty scary actually. Like, yeah, some of the new the nuance that you can get from ride from simple like ride symbol and the hi hats, which is which is the dividing line by by the way. You know, we all know that they've got all the dynamics on drums already. That that's a given. That's years ago they figured that out, right. but uh, yeah, the addictive uh, shit tracks the best for, for, um, uh, what I have. And then, uh, there's, um, have you ever, uh, done anything at Blackbird? Man, I wish. No, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's stupid how much gear 
uh, John Scott, like he is a gear hoarder and God bless him for it. Wait, have you for been it, there since we did the Beatle thing or before that? Uh, since absolutely since. Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so when I was there, he didn't know I was there and I was there with a Canadian country act that had, had, had booked out the room and they got, you know, they, they had prepaid for, you you sort of prepay like it's an amount of day a certain amount of days and it's like you prepay for this microphone pack and this drum backline pack so you can pick you know three snare drums and you can pick this many cymbals and in terms of your mic pack they list it out and you choose you know there are like so i show up there with with uh you know the whole group we're gonna we're gonna record live off the floor which is by the way you know they still do it a lot in nashville which is amazing i don't know yeah um but uh i happened to just say to the in-house engineer hey is just john around and i think he's in another studio john comes in and it's all hugs and and how you doing and he just says to the engineer what what are they using on drums <laughs> and he goes oh well they're that and he just starts spouting. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. Give him the this and the that and the this and that. And the producer from Toronto is like, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, I think, I'm trying. I'm going to try not to exaggerate, but I remember uh, when they were setting up the rows of room mics, yeah. you know, uh, in the room, there was a close room, mid, far. Uh, there was one above, there was a stereo overhead, like a, like a, a vintage, um, broadcast where you would have to twist, you know, you twist a capsule to, to, yeah. Uh, and I remember saying, I looking up at it and, and I could tell that it was an old, you know, it was a, a vintage mic. And I said, huh, you know, I'm just curious. What's that mic worth? And, and the engineer is just wiring shit. He just says, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know how much that's worth. I can just tell you the last offer we got that he turned down was up around a hundred grand. <laughs> So like, well, look, you know, you can buy a, a Les Paul for a hundred grand. Why? Right, it right. makes it makes it makes sense. It's just so bizarre. But anyways, like I had fets on all the toms, including snare shell. Like ju just the close mics on that kit. Wow. It, it, I, in the room, just for drums. Right. I don't. I, I can't. I don't even know. Clearly, if I include that mic above me, you know, you're looking at you're looking at one hundred fifty thousand dollars easily. Microphones. How did so, you play? how did you play after that? You play okay? Oh, way better. You play yeah, way okay. better. <laughs> Anyways, all of this to say, um, yeah, I uh, about the sample pack. <laughs> superior, superior. I think it's superior. That's my other go-to. Yeah. And superior has a a, a blackbird sample pack. And the minute I, I, I saw it, I was like, I'm getting that. And you know, they have, uh, they've sampled their drums in all their rooms with all their, yeah. So anyways, so I don't, you know, how do you, and how do you decide though? Trial and error. You literally, that's the shit part. You, you of, load different shit in and that you just stand there and go, dick, dick, you know, and you, and the problem is, is that, so many of the samples are great now. They're so fucking good right. that, uh, you know, again, I, I mentioned earlier, it's just a tool. I, I, I only rarely have delivered files. And the other thing about 
the software now is when you deliver the files, it's not a stereo track or a MIDI track. It stems, right? It's all stemmed out and broken. The, like some of these software companies have have um, emulated rooms, yeah. overheads, yeah. rooms. It's fucking crazy, man. It's like, you know, it's again, that's an entirely other learning curve that I, I have paid the least attention to, but it's here, you know. I just grab the laptop, put it over there, you know, fire up Pro Tools, and off we go. I mean, talk know. about a dividing line of why would you ever invest in a real drum? <laughs> no, we can't talk about sample layering or, or sample replacing at this point because that's that completely blows out of the water going, so what shall it? Yeah, exactly. We talked about live yeah. mic, drum miking yeah. and how how by the time it gets to the end signal path, not much can matter at that point. Yeah. It's even worse when someone, you or I send files to a client and they just sample layer like, wow, that's a really great snare sound. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I uh, layered uh, an addictive sample. It's like, oh fuck, okay, great. I'm glad I, I toiled over what snare to, to use. And, you know, well, tuned it to the track. On the other hand, I, I did a thing two weeks ago. I didn't actually play it. Matt Musty played it, but I recorded him and he used my gear. But the producer hit me back and he goes, he goes, dude, what toms are those? And I go, oh, they're probably my DWs. Blah, blah, blah. And, and then I was like, wait. He goes, I go, wait a minute. Hang on. And I pulled up the track and I listened to him. I go, no, those are the slate trigger. No, those are the CB drums I bought. At Pro Drum, like a month ago, for 150 bucks, eight, thirteen, sixteen, and I tuned those toms way down, and dude, they sound so <laughs> awesome. So, but he was like, these are these things sound incredible, and they're like super unique. They're like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Like because because you you tuned them. You tune them great, cool, right? No, but seriously, yeah. you tune them great. You probably muffled them a little bit so that whatever you did, then you used a good microphone and put it through a pre that sounds great, and off they went. And it's and it's amazing to to realize that that sometimes you don't need a eight thousand, seven thousand, six thousand dollar drum kit yeah. to get a great, unique, beautiful sound that works for the track. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's literally it's the, the cheapest shit sometimes is like, <laughs> shit. Yeah, totally. I mean, literally, that thing, it was like a hundred. I saw Jerry and I was like, how, wait, well, how much is that thing? He's like, well, 150. I was like, it's gone. It's like, so <laughs> no one will touch this thing. You know, I brought, God bless pro drum. <laughs> somebody had obviously owned it and it was pretty dialed, you know, already. Right. Right. Yeah. But I was like CB drums. Like, did you even change the heads? No, you no. didn't. No, you didn't. You just oh. put them up and kind of went, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Good. Yes. When's the last time you changed a bottom head on any drum? Anything. Only if it broke. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, if it doesn't come with the, with the Remo ambassador head on it, like it's like. Dude, when's the last time I changed a drum, a, a head on. Head. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, unless, unless it's pitted to hell or broken or crashed, yeah. somebody stepped on it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> There's something to be said for sure. Yeah. I get, you know, I catch a lot of crap 
you know, I catch a lot of crap sometimes for like, you know, gels on heads, you know, Oh, like you so many, just like, okay. <laughs> would, what, would it be more acceptable if I used a, like a, um, a vintage wallet that I found at, at, you know, Goodwill who cares? All I needed was to mute the toms so they sounded more 70s. They used wallets and bandanas. I just used the who cares? What what does I'm just saying, I've used bandanas too. You know, similar results. You know, so your your vintage I, I, your vintage dampening uh collection is not dampening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's robust. not as good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not as robust. Yeah. But again, like we said, you know, the the you know, if at the end result you get that sound. I don't care how I got there. It doesn't matter to me. Remember know? the towels that John gave us on that gig? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Use it's funny. Yeah. It's funny what what works on me at uh, at the at the place that I was at prior, the studio. They had built an actual tiny drum riser about 12 inches high because that actual build underneath it, how many uh, two by fours were underneath it. Cause it was hollow. It was like a, a, because it was in an iconic studio in LA and that's what they used for, for decades. And that was part of the sound, the way the kick drum sounded on an empty riser. It's like resonating, huh? Absolutely. And, and who, who knows, <laughs> who knows of it, but it was, you know, it was a, a, a prominent LA engineer that said, no, you got to do this. And so we did. We're like, okay, we'll build it exactly to spec. He was like, don't put too many this way. It's got to be this, this, this. Thick. Oh, dude, it was, it was down to an art form, a science as to how thick the wood was, where the beams went, the where size of it was eight, eight by eight. It's still there, eight by eight. It's still oh. sitting in. Okay. But it, we, we built a new one based on the design that was... Okay. An install. And I can't remember if it, it wasn't Sunset Sound, but what was the, what was the room that, uh, uh, Grohl bought the console out of? Uh, Sound City. Thank you. I think it was, I think Sound City had a, had a drum or something like that. It was a studio like Sound City that had this fucking, the drums were always on this one foot riser that, that was hollow. So who knows? I mean, that makes sense to me. Sure. I mean, the you know, hollow thing is going to add some tonality, and and if, sure. it worked, and if it worked in the room with the room somehow, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, when you think about resonance and you think about all that stuff, again, those things do matter. You know, if a tom is choked to hell, it's going to matter. That's the, the the source sound is good. You know, but you know what the magic sauce is? If you put the Yamaha, the electronic Yamaha kit, on top of that one. With the samples, that's it. That's, You're done. Then, you, yeah. then you've Woo! really you've added a thing to the samples that you have arrived. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's you just hear the dull, the dull thud of pads <laughs> resonating. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That'd be great to just send files like that. What? I I might have totally. You, gotta, you put some great. contact mics on the on the on the riser. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, bud. For sure. I, I'm all about innovation over here, man. <laughs> Full on. <laughs> Look at you. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Have we covered it all? Is it all done? Have we we talked about mics and pre's and virtual stuff? We, we talked about recordings and studios and 
and how everything is stupid and uh and, ta- and, it, and tacos are missing tacos and cokes which you know what like well the place we went to it's outside we can sit yeah. across from each other yeah, that's fine i know i know i think so i think we can do it uh, i don't know about next week but jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah we're like yeah have your people call my people <laughs> Fucking you, so LA, and we're both not from LA, <laughs> dude. That's the end. <laughs> that's perfect. No, I'm still on it. What the fuck? I, I, it sounded like you hit something, but it's perfect. That was like perfect. Fuck it.